righteous people do we have in here tonight? Yes, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Well, then that's talking about us. We are never forsaken and we're never cast down and we're never begging. Glory to God. We'll have everything we need and then some. Yes, amen, amen. Well, let's keep standing for just a minute. We're going to pray for Keith and we'll pray for the service and then they can be seated and all that good stuff. So glory to God. Keith's in a Togaville. You know where a Togaville is? Alabama. Yes. So uh, we'll pray for him and he's going to have a great service tonight and it's going to go really well for him because he knows how to be led and listen to the Lord and it's going to go exactly the way the Lord wants it to go. And then we'll just go right into praying for us and we'll be led and we'll do exactly what the Lord tells us to do. Can y'all all agree? Okay. Father God, we just look to you tonight and your word is so good, Father God. We just thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us the privilege of sharing it tonight. Whether we're in Alabama or we're in Florida or we're in Branson, Missouri, Father God, or wherever our internet loved people are, Father, wherever they are, Father, your word is going forth, Father, and we just ask you to give us utterance tonight, Father, in your spirit, Father God, anoint Keith where he is, give him wisdom, Father God, anoint him to say exactly what he needs to say to help those people tonight, Father, give him utterance to share the things that's from his heart and directly from you, Father God, that would break yokes and set people free forever that the devil has bound for decades, Father. Let them never be the same again after tonight. In Jesus' name. Yes, Father, freedom forever in Jesus' name. Bondages be gone. Loosings. In Jesus' name. And Father God, we just ask you for the services here, Father, in Florida, the Internet, we just ask you for utterance, Father, that you show us exactly what we need to see, that we know exactly what we need to hear from you, Father. You give me exactly what these people need, Father, whether it be what's in the notes or whether it be what's from you, Father, whether it be from somebody else, Father, show us exactly how it needs to go tonight, Father. You are the one we need to hear from, Father, not man, and you'll lift us up higher and higher and higher and higher and that's what we desire from you father because you're the one that has all the answers father and we thank you for doing it father thank you for your anointing resting on both of us tonight to accomplish exactly what you've called us to do in jesus name amen amen you can be seated glory to god thank you guys excellent job susan all you guys great great job don't they do so amazingly awesome I'm so thankful they didn't ask me to sing, that God didn't call me to do that. I think it's bad to just get up here and speak, but man, if he would have asked me to sing, you would have been sad. <laughs> it would have just been so bad. Well, thank you guys. I saw Dave ask about how many has been spending that three minutes praying, and I thank you for doing that because I know Keith has been getting answers about exactly what's supposed to go on next week, and it's going to be really, really, really good because it's going to not only affect the people coming in, but it's going to affect you. And it's going to affect me. And it's going to be things that we've been believing for, things that we've been praying about. And so uh, we'll just kind of start it off tonight with some good things. Amen. How about that? It'll, it'll be answers, and we'll go in, in a direction that I think it'll kind of hook up with what he had been doing. I kind of went back a week even. 
I'm a faith girl. You know, you know, we could have, we, we hooked up. Our first tapes that we heard, of course, was from Brother Copeland. And it's, it's, it's kind of a funny story because we started listening to Brother Copeland from some tapes that the doctor that I was working for gave us. And uh, he said, uh, now you might want to listen to this guy. And, and, and I'd say, no, it was Brother Hagen. And I'd say, no, we like this. We don't know about this. And we kept, he kept saying, but you might want to hear him. And I'd say, no. And Keith would say, no, because we didn't know him, you know. And uh, it was just the Lord that led us to start listening to him and not only listen to him, but to go there instead of really hooking up with Brother Copeland to start with, but to hook up with Brother Hagen, the man of faith, the eat, breathed, lived, bled faith, I think. I mean, his pores, I think. You know, when he sweated, he sweated faith, you know. And uh, I am so thankful for that because, you know, the most important thing in our life has been faith, you know, and it is so precious to us. And I don't know where we would be without it. And so uh, if um, there's anything I like, it's faith. So Keith started on peace last week, but I went skip the week and went back to faith. Is that okay? So um, that's okay, right? All right, good. If it's not anyway, you need to talk to the Lord about it. Anyway, he said I could do what I wanted to, you know, and he said I could do anything I wanted to do, and so uh, he said, but Phil, you might want to read at least one scripture. (laughs) I said, okay, so here we go, Proverbs, uh, I mean, Psalms 37. We'll read about what Susan just did, so you can mark it in your Bible, so you'll, you'll have it, you can star it, you can know where it was, what she was just singing about. 37.25, mark it. You need to know that. She didn't just make up that song. She's good at making up stuff, though. (laughs) Psalm 37.25. I've been young, and now I'm old. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Begging bread. I do want to talk about... Where your faith is. And I want us to locate it just a little bit. And I'm going to help you by telling you where mine has been and where it started and how you get to different places. And I think it will help some of us before it's over with. So let's look at Mark 7. I'll read two scriptures. So y'all can tell Keith I did good. (laughs) Then I'll tell you some stories. You like stories, right? Okay. Mark 7 in the Amplified, verse 24. And I think you'll get it real quickly. And then we're going to do some different things tonight. Who knows? We may, like Keith says, have a Jericho march. Or we may dance. Yeah. Mark 24. It says, And Jesus arose and went away from there to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he went into a house, and he did not want anyone to know that he was there. Yeah. But it was not possible for him to be hidden from public notice. Instead, at once, a woman whose little daughter, who had been under the control of an unclean spirit, heard about him and came and flung herself down at his feet. Now, you know what what happened? She just came and threw herself down and she's going to beg him for something. We don't have to do that. You got it? She came and she threw herself down at his feet. 
Now, the woman was a Greek, a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by nationality, and she kept begging him to drive the demon out of her little daughter. And he said to her, First, let the children be fed, for it's not becoming or proper or right to take the children's bread and throw it to the little house dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the small pups under the table eat the children's scraps of food. And he said to her, because of this saying, you may go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter permanently. And she went home and found the child thrown on the couch and the demon departed. Now, my first question to you, now you know I'm going to ask you some questions, right? (laughs) Right? Okay. My first question to you is, how much did she need to activate her faith? Just a little scrap. Yeah, that's right. It's not hard. You just told us. Just a tiny scrap. She didn't need the whole plate full. All she needed to activate her faith because she'd seen so much was just a little scrap. Just a little puppy scrap that fell off the table. Now, my little puppies, okay? They don't get to come in the kitchen because, you know, it's not where they should be. But sometimes we eat outside. And when we eat outside, they like to, especially the little boy pup, scrummage around underneath the table. And he knows he can have whatever falls on the ground. So he doesn't move very far from there. Well, that's what happens with this lady. She didn't even need the steak or the bread or anything that was on the table. All she needed, she knew that was powerful stuff. Do you understand? She knew how powerful God's healing was or his delivering power for her daughter was. She didn't need the whole loaf of bread. All she needed was just one of the tiny, tiny little scraps that fell on the ground. That's some powerful stuff. And she got it. Now, we don't even have to beg for it. It's just already ours. It's already ours. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have a cookie jar sitting on your counter or had one when you had kids sitting on your counter. Raise your hand. Or in the pantry, maybe not a cookie jar, but you had cookies around. <laughs> now we're talking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now did the kids even would say when they were 2 years old, were they always just remembering that there were always cookies there or did you always kind of have to get the cookies for them? Or did you kind of hide them from them sometime? Huh? You couldn't hide them, could you? There were always cookies there. Even though the cookies were out of the children's reach, they were always there. And even if they were so little, they didn't know that there were cookies there or ice cream in the freezer, there was always cookies or ice cream there. Right? 
was always there for their taking. But they couldn't always reach it. But it was always there. You'll get that here in a minute. It's the same way for us with healing and finances and wisdom and answers and marriages and kids and anything else we're believing for. Do you know why? I'll go back into peace sermons for you just a minute, okay? So we can tell them we taught them peace a little bit. Do you know why people don't have peace? Because they're trying to get everything for themselves. They're trying to work it up to where they can do it for themselves. They're trying to figure out a way to where they can get the answer for themselves or they can get the money for themselves or they can get the healing for themselves or they can get the children for themselves or they can get the finances for themselves or they can get the wisdom for themselves. And so in working at that all the time, they're working up a sweat, buddy, because some brains don't use them very much. And so by the time they use them a little bit, man, there's a sweat going on. Especially some people having to work to get some money, man. There's really a sweat going on. Because they're having to do something that God didn't intend for them to do. For instance, you're healing. Okay, I'll tell you a story. When Keith and I first got married, some of you have heard this story. But I'll tell it again because it makes me look real good. Not. We first got married. We hadn't been married. I don't even know if we'd been married a year. And we went to a friend of ours shower that was getting married. It was a co-ed shower, which was real unusual at that time. They didn't do those then. Now I know they do them all the time, but it was like weird for us. You know, I know that's a common thing now. But anyway. There was this shower, and these people got this clock. And in order to wind the clock, you had to stick something down in the back of it to set it and do all these things. So I don't remember if it was Keith or one of the other guys that we went over to their trailer. Their trailer looked almost identical to ours, the 1969 Marriott Mobile Home. We were all very wealthy. And... Um, it was just a little round wind-up clock. And so I asked one of them for a knife. So they gave me a knife to put into the back of the clock to set it for them, to start setting up their home. Well, it was already 10 o'clock at night. The shower was over. Things had happened and everything. So when, they, when I took the little pocket knife and I stuck it into the back of the, the clock, okay, get ready, it closed on my finger. And when it closed, blood shot everywhere, and it was just a mess. Well, I didn't think it was that big a deal. So we, they, we went to the hospital because it was just kind of, you know, bleeding pretty bad. And it, you could see the bone in it and stuff, and it was, it was just not good. And um, so we went to this little country hospital there close by. And they said, um, well, the doctor's not here, and it's late. And we don't want to call him, so we're going to put a Band-Aid on it. You can come back tomorrow, and they'll sew it up. It's 
country. You have to understand. How many of you were raised in the country? Okay, you understand. It's country. The doctor lives an hour away. He's not driving all the way in there to put a Band-Aid on your finger or put two stitches in it or whatever. He's not coming. So or you could have drove an hour, hour and a half to the big city to get them sick. So we didn't do that. I went home and went to bed. Well, by the next morning, my finger had contracted all the way up and around and just rolled up into my hand, you know. And what had happened was it had cut all the tendons and stuff in my hand. Well, so, of course, we, I set out, no we to it. I set out on this agenda to see specialists and do all this thing. I was raised going to doctors. Duh, that's what you do when you get hurt. Okay? And so I was going to doctors. We went. My mom took me. And the doctor said, okay, this is what's going to have to happen. This is more serious than you know. We're going to have to go in there and do surgery and pull these. They've contracted all the way back down into your wrist. You're going to have to get them. We're going to have to pull them. We're going to have to cut your hand open. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to take each one and pull it back down. It's going to be like a long, long, long surgery. It's going to be this big ordeal, and you're going to have to be in the hospital for two or three days. That's when the insurance paid for you to be in the hospital for two or three days. (laughs) And anyway... And so I went home and I told Keith about it. Well, they wanted to do it right away. They didn't want to delay because the longer they delayed, it goes further up into your arm. And so I went home and I told Keith that night. And uh, we were young. And we had these heated discussions when we were young. (laughs) Nobody else has those, right? (laughs) Or had them when you were young. And I told him... I said, now, I'm supposed to go and have surgery in the morning. I would like for you to take off and take me. And he's like, you're supposed to do what? Well, I'm going to go and have surgery on my hand because they said da 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 And I had this brace on it at that time because I had been seeing the doctor. And it was a silver metal brace. And it was holding my finger in a, a position like this so that it wouldn't continue to go in that direction. And... Um, He said, you know, I think we need to pray about this. Well, we had been listening to Brother Copeland by that time. And uh, he said, I think we at least need to pray about this. And I said, I'm just going to have my finger fixed. He said, I I think we need to at least pray about this. I wasn't a bit rebellious at the time. I'm telling you where my faith was. We're trying to locate faiths. Do you understand that? If you don't locate where you are, you can't start. Do you understand? I knew nothing about faith. I had never heard anything about healing in my life. I was raised a denomination where they thought Pentecostals were the Antichrist. And if you spoke in tongues, you were demonic. Okay? So to be around that was just like, I was on the edge of it. 
at the time. And so for him to tell me we need to pray about this and not go to the doctor, it was kind of like, I'm going to the doctor, buddy. You know, enough is enough. I'm going to the doctor. This is not your finger. This is my finger, and I'm going to the doctor. Okay? I don't have to tell you this, right? Okay. So, here we are in our nice little calm, sweet discussion. From 10 o'clock that night till I'm supposed to leave for the hospital because the hospital's an hour and a half to two hours away at 5 o'clock the next morning. It's 3.30 to 4 o'clock in the morning. And he looks at me and he says, Phil, would you at least do this? Would you at least, let's get down beside the bed and kneel down and at least give God an opportunity to do something for you. Okay, and I was kind of like I was when he got filled with the Holy Ghost. I was kind of like, God, whatever it is he wants, give it to him so we can go home. <laughs> so I said, okay, God, whatever it is he wants, let's do it so we can, I can go to sleep for at least an hour before I have to get up. So I got down, and I knelt down beside him. We were kneeling down side by side, just as close as these couples are, beside each other. And my shoulder, and thank God it was this way. God's so smart. He was, I was on this side, and he was on this side. And he was kneeling there, and I was kneeling here. And this hand was way over here. Thank you, Lord. Okay? You can see it, right? Okay? And so he was holding my hand over here, and we were praying. He was holding this hand. Glory to God. And he was praying. And he was asking God for his healing mercies. We didn't know any better. We didn't know any more. We didn't know anything about healing. He hadn't been to Ramah and taught at healing school for 20 years. We didn't know about God's healings and all the miracles that we were going to see happen. But he knew something in his heart. And he was the head of our house. And if I'd have had one sense in my little dumb blonde head, I'd have been listening. But I didn't. I didn't know any better. And I was scared. And I was in fear that if I didn't get this done, it was going to get worse. And that's all I knew. And the devil will play on your fears. And he will convince you that if you don't do it, it's never going to happen. If you don't do it this way, it's never going to happen. If you don't do it the world's way, it'll never be right. Thank God for godly men and women in our lives. That'll slap us around sometimes and say, no, that's not right. And he said, God, we ask you. I remember it to this day. It's just as vivid in my mind for your healing mercies. We don't know much about this, Lord, but we know you're a good God. And we know you're able to do this for us. We don't know everything about it. 
And we just called on his mercy. And I kid you not, while he was praying, just like I didn't say anything about what the Lord told me when I got filled with the Holy Spirit about submitting to my husband, I didn't tell him then that during that time, this finger lifted up. I mean, my hand laid flat on the bed. But this finger just lifted up like somebody had it by a string straight all the way. I can't do it now. You try lifting your middle finger. Raise it up. Lift it straight up without nothing using it, not without your other hand. Lift it straight up to the Lord, almost back touching your hand. It's impossible to do. But it lifted up like somebody had it by a string and came all the way back and almost touched my wrist. And I felt it like a tingle and a burn all the way down my hand. I didn't say one word to him. (laughs) Would you have? I got up. He did not take me to the hospital. The brace was still on my hand. I got to the hospital. I kid you not, I drove an hour and a half. Dars, how far is it from the house to... To over a hundred miles to the hospital with my mother. I met her at the town, then I drove, we drove all the way there. We waited. You know how it is when you're checking into a hospital? You wait for two hours for this and three hours for this and another for this. We got all ready. The surgeon comes in there to look at my finger. He takes the brace off and he goes like this. a stinking thing wrong with that finger. (laughs) What do you need surgery on that finger for? Who said you needed surgery? I said, uh, maybe I should just go home. (laughs) And I had to go home. And humble myself and tell Keith what happened. And he just went. (laughs) Now I tell you that because everybody has to start somewhere. Everybody starts, whether it's finances or whether it's healing, or whatever it is in your life, we're not automatically just dumped into the deep end of the pool. We don't have to know how to be healed maybe of cancer today with everything and all of its involvements. Everybody that most of the time that's got those kind of things, God has started them with a headache 10 years ago and dealt with them about doing something about it. There was a time after that. Do you want to know more? Levels. There was a time after that. I thought, I got this now. He was at Ramah. He was teaching healing school. He was saturated in healing. He talked about it morning, noon, night. He ate it. He breathed it. Him and his buddy came home. Every night they talked about healing. Brother Hagen was teaching healing. They were in healing class. They were studying healing. They were reading healing verses out loud. They were doing this. I thought I was getting it by osmosis. 
Just because I was around somebody that was talking about it. I had this major lump come up in my breast. I thought, I'm going to stand and believe God for this to go away. And it got worse. And it got worse. And it got worse. It got so bad I couldn't even lift my arm up. Finally, here I go again. Kate. And he prays for me. Instantly it's gone. Instantly it's gone. It's gone. At least I had enough sense that time. Do you see the progression? The first time, I didn't even believe in healing. I didn't even believe God would heal. I didn't believe He could heal. Do you understand that? I didn't believe there was such a thing as God healing us. The second time, I knew He could. And I knew He would. I just wasn't there yet. I wasn't strong enough yet to do that by myself. So I needed His faith hooked with my faith. Or actually just His faith. Because my faith wasn't doing nothing. (laughs) Then there was another time. They told me, you got cancer. We're going to have to rip you from stern to bottom. Get it out. When you come out, you're going to be cut from here to there. We said, nope, that ain't happening. Took me in. They were out in 30 minutes. It ain't there. We don't know what happened. It ain't there. She said, it's a good thing. It ain't there. We just was able to use this little robotic thing, and we just did pew, 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 pew. You, you can go home. You can go run three days. I said, glory to God. We agreed that time. We agreed that wasn't going to happen. We, the two of us joined hands. We said, this ain't happening. This is going to go good. This is not the, in there. That's not happening. This is not there. I had grown from not even believing to where he could pray for me and it would work to where we could agree and this be gone. Then this last mess that tried to happen. Glory to God. I knew who my healer was. I knew how to stand against him. I knew what I had to do. I knew I had to resist him. Now don't you kid yourself. Every place that I went... Every time the TV came on, somebody with MS was standing in front of me. Every place. And they had, it's the worst kind. They were in a wheelchair in a year. And that's just how the devil will work with you. The Lord tell you you're healed. And the devil tell you something else. He's going to plant these people or these plants right in front of your face every single time. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to be this way. You'll be one of the worst cases. And he'll send people from the other side of the world. I know. I know the man didn't mean it. I know he meant well. Celebration Sunday. He come up there telling me all his story. He meant.
in a wheelchair and all the whole story about how he got so bad and how it took him down and all this stuff. And I thought, no, 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 no. I didn't even need to hear his testimony right then. Do you understand that? I, people mean well. They send me material in the mail about MS. I don't have MS. Do you understand? I don't have it. Do you understand that? Don't send me no material about it. I don't got it. And if you don't want your condition, you don't read up about it. And you don't talk to people about it. And you don't study about it. And you don't look at the commercials about it. And you don't see, oh, could it not be this or could it be this or could it be that? And you don't stand there and listen to people's testimony about how they went down. Because God's going to send them one, two, three, four, five, twenty six hundred of them. And make sure you're standing there to hear them. And they're going to mean well. Their hearts are so right. They're loving you and they're meaning they got over it by doing this. They got over it by doing that. I got over it by doing this. By Jesus stripes, I was already healed. I don't have to try to work to do anything. And that's where people are messing up. That's where their peace goes. Do you understand? See, I'm mixing your peace and your faith. You can lose your peace if all you're thinking about is, I have lupus. I have cancer. What do they say about cancer? What about this kind of cancer? What about this kind of problem? What about... Tendinitis. What about fibromyalgia? What about liver disease? What about prostate cancer? What about... And you study up on it. And you find out about it. And your peace keeps going. And your mind keeps going. And... You spend 98% of your time going to doctors. At some point in time, you got to stop. you got to get a hold of yourself. And like he said last week, whose report are you going to believe? At some point along the way, you got to stop. And you got to say, which one of these levels am I at? Maybe I'm not here to where I can just stand and I can believe God all by myself. Maybe I'm not there. Maybe I'm like she was in the beginning. And maybe I just don't even know if God is really a healer. I've never really seen him do it. Maybe I'm just like she was. And he... I don't know if he really did heal that finger or not. Well, it's here. Does it look crooked to you? Find somebody and say, God, I just call on your mercy. And what God does when you're that way is you're humbling yourself. And he sees your heart. 
just like she was singing. You take one step towards him, he's going to take two or three or four or five or whatever it takes to get to you. People with MS can't run. I can still run. Do you understand? You meet him, you take one little tiny step, and he's going to plow in with you and do whatever it takes. He don't expect you to know everything. He expects you to take steps. He expects you to believe wherever you can. He don't expect you to know this whole book. He don't expect you to know every scripture that there is to know about healing. He expects you to give him what you got. Just like I said, okay. Okay, God, what I'll do is I'll, if Keith says do it, I'm going to do it. Because, see, I, had, I hadn't told him yet that God said submit to your husband. So I was just going to do that part without telling him that part. And by doing that part, well, then I got that part. Hey, it pays to do one part at least, then you get the second part, you know? God is not trying to hold out on us. He's trying anything he can to get things to us. And if we'll give him at whatever level that we're at, whether it's our finances or whether it's our healing or whether it's our marriage or whether it's our kids or whether it's wisdom. Let me read you some scriptures real quick. i got some more scriptures. Tell Keith, please. First Peter 2. This will help you. I know you've heard these, but listen to it in a different way. It says, this is King James, who his own self bear our... Bear our what? Bear our what? Bear our what? Somebody help me. Bear our... Why does he have to say that he bears our sins first? Because not a one of you will be able to believe for healing if you don't know that your sins are out of the way. So if you sinned one minute ago, it doesn't matter. Because he already bore your sins... So if you sinned 30 seconds ago, it doesn't matter. Read this verse with me. It says, who, his own self, bear my, say my, my my sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes I was healed. I was healed. Doesn't matter if you sinned, you are healed. Doesn't matter what you did. And it doesn't matter what level you've got to receive it at. Whether you've just got to say, I don't believe in this healing stuff. God have mercy on me. Help me out here. I know they talk about it all the time, but I ain't never seen it in my life. And I'd sure like to see it maybe in me since I'm hurting so bad. That would be really nice. It's a place to start. Then look at this one. It's not about healing, but I think you'll like it. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. These all apply. For you know the grace, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, 
that for your sakes he became poor. It's the exact same thing. It applies the exact same way. Lord, I ain't never seen nobody get no money from you. I ain't never seen you pay nobody's bills. See how quiet it got? But Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a good candidate. My light bill's due tomorrow. You understand? And I really, really need it. Have mercy on me, Lord. I'm calling on your mercy. And you said I don't have to beg and that the righteous has never been forsaken. Have mercy on me, Lord. Hey, I tell you what, if he'll heal this little girl, he'll pay your bills. He is no respecter of persons. Even though I'm his favorite, he'll still do it for you. <laughs> he'll still do it for you. For your sakes, he became poor. That means he, he already did it. You might as well take part in it. That through his poverty, you might be. But you know what? You got to take that. You got to take that step at whatever level you're at. The problem that people get into is they try to be where they where I am at the end instead of starting at where I was at the beginning. And they try to be where I was, trying to believe for that lump in my breast to go away, and they just keep getting worse and worse and worse, and that's where they are with their finances. But you can't feel pain necessarily in your finances. You can just feel yourself going down the drain where you need to back up and not cry but say, Lord, have mercy. Mercy, Lord. And he'll meet you where you are. Okay, here's another one. I don't know if you like these. I like these. 1 Corinthians 2.16. Maybe you just don't know what to do. I just found you a couple I thought you'd like. You can mark these, put stars around them. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Read this next part with me. But I have the mind of Christ. Maybe people tell you you have Alzheimer's or you're getting old. Huh? Don't you ever say it again. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I know what to do. I know how to do it. I'll make the right decision. We'll do the right thing. We have the answers. We have the mind of Christ. 1 John 2.20. And this is the last scripture I'm going to give you, then I'm going to do something different. Say I in this. But I have an unction of the Holy One, and I know all things. You should have these stars and striped and on your mirror and go back to the 70s and make confessions again about these things. Because when you don't know what to do, that's what you do. When you get a bad report and you don't know what you're supposed to do, that's what you do. You ask the Lord to show you what to do. And you expect him. You may not even know what level you're at. You may be so tied up and tangled up in where you are. You may think, God, where am I? 
What level am I at? Maybe with my kids or with my money or with my this or with my that. It's always good to call on the Lord and let Him show you. He'll give you the answers. He'll show you exactly what you need to do. But you have to believe this, that you know all things, and He'll show you what to do. You know, the thing I I love about the Lord is He's always looking for a way in. He's always looking for a way to bless us and not hold out anything from us. He's never done that with not one person. So if you should be mad at somebody, you should be mad at the devil. I was thinking about when we were receiving the offering today. I was thinking about Malachi. Bring ye the tithes into the storehouse that I can open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you wouldn't have room enough to receive it. That I could rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Well, people have taken me to task about that rebuke, you know, because Keith brings it up all the time, about rebuking the devourer. Well, the devourer's already rebuked. You don't have to rebuke him, Phyllis. I know that. I'm blonde, but I ain't totally dumb. (laughs) But have you ever had to remind the devil that you wasn't sick? Have you had to ever remind the the devil that you were prosperous? Huh? That you were rich? Well, you might have to remind him that he's bound and he's the doctor to devour of your stuff too. I remind him all the time. And he ain't going to devour my body and he ain't going to devour my money and he ain't going to devour my stuff. And you should be reminding him of that stuff too. It's not good. So the Lord reminded me of something when I was getting ready back there a few minutes ago. And um, he said, yeah, you're going to teach on this stuff and there's going to be people in there. And they're going to say, yeah, that's fine and dandy. You got Brother Keith. You went to him and he prayed for you and you was healed. You went to Brother Keith and he was led. You got somebody better than Brother Keith living inside of you. And, and I mean, in about five seconds, he said, they're going to say, I'm alone. I don't have anybody. I don't have anybody to pray with me. I don't have anybody to believe with me. And he said, there's even going to be churches out there that's going to say, we don't have anybody to believe with us on our finances. You, do you know, we've had people tell us, if we had a partner base like yours, we could have big churches and big partners too. I thought... Uh, duh. How do you think we got there? We started with nobody. One of our first partners was Carol Burnett. Not that Carol Burnett. I knew you'd like that. She was giving us two dollars. And some of our partners has been with us for as long as we've been in the ministry. But, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And what happens to people, the reason they even brought up the devourer is because what happens to people is they're never building. They're growing a little bit, then they're falling back. And they're going forward, and they're falling back. And they're going forward a little bit, and they're falling back. 
that's not God's intentions. It's not his plan. Because what they do is, with finances, they get a little ahead, so they quit giving. Or things get tight, and they think, I can't, can't afford to give right now. That's when you better give. You don't want to fall backwards. Keep gaining ground continually. Never fall backwards. And that's why I rebuke the divine. I don't care if it's a pair of socks. I'll sew them and throw them in the trash or give them away. But I don't let the devourer rebuke stuff. They said the ice maker in here was messed up with that. I said, who, who rebuked the devourer? He said, we did, we did, we did. <laughs> you know? But it, you just don't want him stealing your stuff. Because if he gets an inch, he's going to take 60 miles. So don't go backwards no matter what it is in your life, always be going forward. Always. Lester Sumrall was the funniest man. How many of you knew Lester Sumrall? It's told of him that um, if he'd miss a turn, he'd go 10 miles out of the way, but he wasn't backing up. <laughs> he would never go backwards. We don't go backwards. We ain't going backwards, he says. No, 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 we don't, we don't do this number. No. He would never take a step backward. He would never go backwards. And man was a man of God. I mean, he may be a little quirky, but he was a man of God. <laughs> you know? But, you know, there's something to be said for that. You know, you don't want to always be willing to just, oh, no big deal. You know? Fight! Fight, fight for what you're doing. So anyway, he told me that as I was back there. And he said, people are going to say, but you don't understand. I don't have faith people in my life. And, and the Lord reminded me of Brother Hagin. Instantly. Instantly. He reminded me of him. Everybody came to Brother Hagin. And they would hold his hand. And they'd say, just be patient, my boy. It won't be long. It'll all be over with. Well, they didn't mean his sickness would all be over with. They meant he was going to die in a day or two. They weren't encouraging him. They meant he was going to be out of here. Well, what kind of people like that do you want around? I don't want them around. I want to say, get your stuff and get out of here. You know? And they tell him, read something else beside that Bible. Read some Westerns or something. He said, I don't have time to. And he's healed. He didn't have, he'd tell us all the time. He'd say, people, you people got it too easy. He'd tell us that every day almost. You people got it too easy. And we say, what do you mean, Dad? He said, you got all these books and you got all these tapes and you got all this stuff and all these faith people teaching you all the time. I didn't have nobody, he'd say. All I had was that book. And I had to come up off that deathbed with nothing but the breath of unbelief around me all the time. He said, there ain't a person in the world today that couldn't, shouldn't, couldn't and shouldn't be able to be healed today with all the faith stuff they got around them. And I thought, Lord, you're right. That's what he just told me back there in the back. He just reminded me of that. Then he said, and remember these people. I thought, okay, who? And he just rattled them off to me, so I wrote them down. Abraham, Sarah, Joseph, Daniel, Ruth, J- 
Joshua, Caleb. What about the widow woman? Huh? With her little boy. What about Elijah and Daniel? How many of you have ever read the story about Jehoshaphat where he told him, don't be afraid, the deliverance of the Lord is coming? Have you ever read that in Chronicles about how that whole, he told him not to fight that other army and, and the whole army was coming against him and he said, I'm going to deliver you in their hands and he went over there to see them. They was all dead. Yep. They didn't even have to fight. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the Lord can do anything for you. What he needs is for you to take that step. Ask him what to do and you to take that step. Now, I'm going to tell you another story here, and then we're going to do something. The Lord reminded me of this while I was getting ready for this, and I looked for it, and I looked for it, and I looked for it, and I didn't want to bother Keith because he was in meetings. So I just kept looking and looking, and I've got all of Brother Hagin's books on my iPad, and I kept looking, and I'd read, and I'd look, and I'd... then I got on YouTube and looked up all the videos, and I kept looking, and I kept looking. So then finally I just gave in, and I called Keith. I should have brought it the phone because I, I recorded what he told me and I'd have played it for you but I, I didn't I said Keith you remember that story Brother Hagin tells about the minister that he went to see in the hospital and he was in the bed and Brother Hagin was just praying and he couldn't receive he said oh yeah I said what book is that in he said it ain't in a book I went, duh. I said, well, what tape is it on? He said, you know, Phil, I think he's only told that about twice. I thought, great. I said, well, tell it to me again. Because Keith remembers things just almost verbatim. So he told it to me again. And I'm going to tell it to you, and I think it will bless you. Some of you may already remember it. You remember the story that I'm telling about? A couple of people do. There was this minister that Brother Hagin went to see in the hospital. And he was in the bed, and Brother Hagin was just sitting beside his bed, and he was praying. And he said, all of a sudden, Jesus walked into the room. And he said, um, he told the minister, the minister was supposed to die. He had some terminal disease, and he was supposed to die. And he told him, he said, the Lord has come to minister to you, minister healing to you. And the guy got out of the bed. He didn't, Brother Hagin didn't really know why, but the guy got out of the bed and went around the bed. And he said he just got up and he just held out his hands like this. And then he just dropped them. He said, I know, but I can't receive. And he said, but the Lord himself has come to minister healing to you. And he said the guy took another little step and he lifted up his hands like this and he had his eyes closed and he said, I know. But he said, I just can't receive. And he dropped his hands again. And Brother Hagin said, you don't understand the Lord himself has come to minister healing to you. And he took another little baby step, lifted up his hands like this. He said, I know, but I just can't receive, and got back in the bed. 
And Jesus spoke to Brother Hagin at that time. He said, Jesus reached out his hands about the time he did. He said, they were just inches apart. And he said, Jesus told Brother Hagin, he said, see, I've come to heal him. And he won't receive it. He'll be dead in a few days. And he was. That's one reason why I had Susan to sing that song. You take one step toward Jesus. Jesus is always. You may not see him. You may not know it. But he is always, 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 always there to minister to you. Always. He's never holding out on you. He's never made it hard on you. He's already paid the price for you. All he is looking for, he didn't say, I, I, I can't take, get anything. I, I have to work for it or anything. All he would have had to done was take one tiny step forward and Jesus was right there and, and just receive it. But he didn't feel like he could. And there's lots of reasons why people don't feel like they can, whether it's sin or whether it's just failures in their life or whether it's unworthiness or whether it's whatever the case might be or whether just like what I did at the beginning with my finger, I didn't believe in healing. I didn't know about healing. But Jesus is never holding out on us. He's always standing there ready to give it to us. And all we have to do is just reach up and receive it. Because he's there. He wants us to have it. He's already paid the price for it. It's a horrible price. And he paid for it. He wants us to have it. I would like for y'all to listen to this song and then we're going to do something. Listen, go ahead, JJ, and play this one. Close your eyes if you would, please.
to split for Moses? Huh? He had to take a step into it. Is that correct? What did it take for Peter to walk on the water? He had to take a step out of that boat, didn't he? In order for us to get things from the Lord, he requires that we take a step towards Him. That's what He requires. He's not going to force anything on us. He requires that we take a step towards Him. Just a tiny step of faith in saying, Lord, I believe I can do this. I believe we can go across this on dry land. I believe we can, I can walk on the water. Whatever it takes, we're going to take a step. And so He's going to play another song here and I want everybody to stand on their feet and praise 
is an expression of faith. Did you know that? Because you're... You're thanking him almost that it's done. I want the team to stay here in their seats. I don't want you to come up because there's people in praise and worship that are working all the time when receiving is going on. And they need things too. So I've decided that this is the way we're supposed to do it for now. Maybe they can come up later or something. And they're going to play a song. And I think you'll get it right away. And then we'll be led as to what happens after that. But there's going to need to be some steps taken as to how you do it. And you'll have to check your heart about some things, about what your step is. Whether you need to, you know, step out in the aisle and take a step, or whether you just need to reach up, or whether you just need to... You, I think you'll understand it as it goes. And um, then I'll, I'll check my heart after we listen to this. So uh, go ahead, JJ, and play it, and uh, we'll go from there. And if we do something different, we will. Wave after wave. 
in the light, bright and shiny, pure and refining in the presence of His glory. The angels cry, Holy. Yes, the angels cry, Holy. Over in the realm of glory. Over in the realm of God. Over in the realm of glory. see if you see this. There's a real light cloud over, well, over back to about Paul, back to about Laura. And I think if we stop now, we're going to miss it. We can continue for a few minutes, and I think it's only just going to get thicker and thicker and thicker. Now, it's still early. Uh, I think we should continue for a few minutes. I think people are getting ministered to. Some people have just just now been able to start entering in just a little bit. Push your flesh under for just a few minutes and think about the other person. Maybe you're somebody that receives real quickly, but maybe the other person's not. So uh, maybe we you, you okay with going on just a minute? All right, go ahead then, Greg. I mean, JJ. Oh, oh. Wave after wave. 
manifest presence of God. And in his presence, we can get anything that we need. If you know 
that you got something from the Lord. Tangible. There's a lot of people that got answers to some things, but you know you got something tangible from the Lord. You were in pain. I mean, like real pain. I, I don't like falseness. If you know anything about me, I don't like falseness. If you know that you know you got something, raise your hand up real high. Raise your hand up real high. Yeah. Yeah. Come on down here. Let's just share it. Let's just, let's just take just a minute. Just a minute. Come and tell Dave. If, if, you don't, if you don't mind. If it's private, you don't have to. But come down here real quickly and, and share what it is. We want to give God some glory. This is His time. You know, it's, it's a good thing to go into the week of increase healed and whole. You know, to be able to enjoy it. Glory to God.